This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. Seven two seven back phone number. And it looks like uh, Hillary Clinton's taking Elizabeth Warren out for a little vice presidential test drive yeah. on the campaign trail, huh? Uh, she's taken her to Ohio, and uh, she'll appear. Uh, Elizabeth Warren will appear with Clinton in Cincinnati. And uh, wow, I mean, that doesn't sound good. Hillary that, taking Elizabeth Warren for a test drive. In what way? In, in what I could particular see, way? I could see that featured on one of your sites. Yeah. I could see yeah. that. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't want to see it. No, but I mean, that's a good Poc- point. Pocahontas and Kegels? Come on, man. It's an interesting uh, <laughs> ticket, actually, uh, because yes, obviously you're doubling down on the first woman president thing. Yeah. Second of all, Elizabeth Warren seems to be one of the only people who uh, can... Hmm sort of mix it up with trump like you know she mm-hmm. doesn't mind attacking and hillary's bad at that so it might be good to kind of uh draw the uh to 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 draw the conversation towards uh i was gonna use an analogy but i breitbart would be reporting it uh draw the mm-hmm. uh, uh the conversation, the verbal fire mm-hmm. to uh, mm-hmm. to Elizabeth rather than mixing up Hillary in it because Hillary's not good at it. Where- what do you mean she's not good at it? Yesterday, she said, Donald Trump is out there attacking my face. <laughs> Sigh. I thought that was brilliant. That was brilliant. Because she, rather than just sighing, as it said to do probably parenthetically on the teleprompter, she actually sighed. Yeah, really. or said the word "sigh," which was way more powerful. Right. She um, uh, she true. was great. I had another possible uh, explanation <laughs> for that. By the way, I don't know if we have that uh, today in the prep. Do we by any chance, Andrew? Um, but uh, so my thought was, uh, it's per- possible that it was something that was going to be either um, released online in like a, a snarky blog sort of way, or written initially mm-hmm. online for that, and then they were like, mm-hmm. you know what, this might make a good speech. Because you might write the word sigh if you were doing a blog, a post, uh, a tweet, yeah. um, something like that. But maybe because the same person wrote it, it just kind of stayed in there and maybe wasn't parenthetical. And that's why she said it. Because you would say, you could say that in a writing um, sense where you, you would put sigh in there to express a sigh that you can't express in letters. Mm-hmm. But, so maybe it was written for digital and then what found its way still in the, uh, in the My prompter. guess is no. A nice try. You know, you're trying, trying to help her. I'm not, right? I mean, not really. I'm, I'm, either way, it's a stupid mistake. <laughs> I, I just, I think, I was wondering it's how that asinine. would happen. Yeah. yeah, I don't, I don't know how it happened. Mm. She doesn't usually read the instructions on the teleprompter. I think that's a, 
Yeah. That's that's the first time we've noticed her doing that. But, which is uh, why I think Glenn's uh, explanation actually works, which is sad to give her the benefit of the doubt. But I think yeah. that works where she just, move it up. And they just the only way to get him to move it up was to say, sigh. Of course, she could have <sighs> sighed. She could have. And she probably should have. Yes. Uh, since that's probably what she was supposed to do. Um, but they're looking for somebody who is, I guess, super progressive because Elizabeth Warren is virtually a socialist without saying so. She claims to be a Democrat, but everybody knows. I mean, she's socialist. But again, this is a potentially smart play mm. in that you're pull, you pull the Bernie people in. Mm-hmm. I think you do that with Elizabeth Warren. Probably do. And Elizabeth Warren is actually better than Bernie. Like, you know, she's, yeah. you know, she's much more aware of her bizarre speech. You know, I mean, she's not a good candidate, but she's better than Bernie is by uh, quite, a, quite a margin. Um, she's the type that would excite the crazy progressive base. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, she's VP, so maybe the person in the middle who thinks Hillary isn't so crazy, you know, maybe there's that person who's like, ah, well, she's not as crazy as Bernie Sanders, so I don't mind her. You know, it's it, Elizabeth Warren's VP. It's not that big a deal. Plus, let's. Uh, I can see it. I, I don't think she'll do it, but I think it's possible. Let's uh, let's think this through for a second. Hillary picks uh, Elizabeth Warren to be her vice president. Vice president. Um, they, she gets nominated at the Democratic convention, which in all likelihood is going to happen. She gets indicted, goes to jail. Hill, uh, Elizabeth Warren is now the uh, mm. Democratic presidential I I nominee. Uh, I believe uh, huh? Pat Gray need, no. will need to be oh, oh, wearing socks. No. You're no. darn no. right it does. Sorry, Wait a minute, work. you're saying that if she becomes I'm the nominee... the backdoor nominee thing is not what I said I would do. No, that is you, not... You're a, right, you just said the nominee. Not, nominee. You said she nominee. had to win the nomination. Oh, she at that point did not win... Hillary did. There's no way. Hillary out of that. won There's the nomination. No way out I can't of believe that. you're being defensive over this point zero 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 one percent chance possibility. <laughs> I'm just making it clear. No. Well, that's that not going to happen. Incorrect. Just I, making it clear. Well, not going to happen. Warren and Clinton, though, have not always seen eye to eye when it comes to Wall Street regulations. Of course, uh, Hillary's on the take from Wall Street, and supposedly Elizabeth Warren isn't. Uh, but two weeks ago, when Clinton became the, the apparent winner of the nomination, uh, Warren did offer her endorsement, finally, which is kind of interesting. Uh, also, on the political scene yesterday, I, I guess this would have surprised us a few weeks ago, but now it's been rumored for a while, and uh, not so surprising, a little bit anticlimactic, in fact, Marco Rubio had a big announcement. Senator, why did you change your mind and decide to run for re-election, and did the Orlando massacre play a role? Well, first, I know people in politics don't like to admit they've changed their mind, uh, but I changed my mind, and, um, and, and people of Florida deserve to know why. And there's a lot of reasons. You know, I, I think it's been clearly outlined that I'm frustrated by what's happening here in the Senate. Mm-hmm. Most Americans are, with the gridlock and the inability to move forward on things. But the Senate's also a place where you can serve your constituents with constituent service, which is very rewarding. And I said that during the campaign. It's a place where you can hopefully be able to still move on some major issues. A lot hasn't happened enough, but we were able to do a little of that. But I think the real reason and the deepest reason why is I think no matter who wins this presidential election, the Senate's role of being able to act as a check and balance on bad ideas from the president, I think, are going to matter more in 2017 <laughs> than they perhaps ever have in our history. And that's mm-hmm. saying a lot, given what we're facing now. So I really mm-hmm. deeply believe that I can contribute to that. I want to contribute to that. Wow. Uh, I mean, good reasoning. 
it's and it's true. No matter who wins, um, somebody's going to have to stop the crappy president that we're going to have. Either one, either way. Uh, and, you know, it would be good to have Marco Rubio back there trying to stop whatever crappy president we have. Because yeah, essentially what he's saying, because it's weird, because he obviously was very anti-Trump. Uh, and then people, you know, beat him up over going and kind of kissing the ring a little bit and saying, you mm-hmm. know, maybe I will support the guy. But I mean, really, his reasoning here seems to be, well, we are going to have a terrible president, so we better have good people in the Senate to stop it. Um, so I don't know. Is he is he really kissing up? Doesn't seem like it. No, he's not kissing up. It seems like the exact opposite. Yeah. Now, Glenn said he was done with Rubio over his kissing up of Trump. Uh, you mean a while ago? During on vacation, uh, he mm. posted. Uh, Jeffy, can you pull up that Facebook post, a uh, Glenn Facebook post about being done with Rubio? I wonder if he still feels this way. Um, I, you know, I generally, as I, we've said a million times, I generally like Rubio. Um, I think he's pretty good. He's not. I didn't like mm-hmm. him as much as I liked Cruz, but I, I think he's pretty good. Um, you know, I'm I, I'm glad he's going into the Senate. I I haven't seen him. I hadn't seen. I didn't take his Trump. <laughs> Uh, niceties as seriously as many did. I, and, and, mm-hmm. and maybe you have the quotes in that Facebook post when Jeffy finds it. Right now he's trying to find Facebook. Um, but it's Facebook.com. <laughs> Jeffy. Um, you can Google Glenn, Book, Glenn Beck Facebook and, and, even get and then faster. click on that. And yeah, get, that'll get you right get there. You right there but, so, uh, he's working on it. It's yeah. on your computer, by the way. Um, oh, good, good point. Good point. You might have been looking at his spoon. <laughs> Over there. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I mean, I, so I, I want to see how this plays out. I mean, I, my standard from the beginning, and I pretty much stand by this, uh, as we see, sometimes people change their minds, but I pretty much stand by this, which is I can't take anybody who was on the Trump bandwagon a minute before the Indiana election. I, I can't take it. Once he cruises out, you know, I am not going to go. I'm still never Trump, never going to vote for Trump, but I'm not necessarily going to uh, dismiss, di- uh, make somebody <coughs> dead to me because now they're saying, well, you know, I, I, I don't know. It's not Hillary. Like, I kind of get that. I mean, I, you know, I, it's not going to be me. It's never going to be me, but I kind of get it. No, um, Rubio's never been dead to me. I don't think. Yeah, uh, that is, I believe, I, the term that Glenn used. There was a real. There, there was a time that he came close when he was lying about Cruz during the whole. Uh, <laughs> we have a rocky relationship. Yeah, we do. We, we have a rocky Glenn relationship with all these him. people. Then dismissed him. Then liked then him liked again. Him. And was like, mm-hmm. this guy's second best, maybe behind Cruz. Yeah. Then uh, didn't like him through the lying stuff about uh-huh. Cruz, which I really think he did do. I mean, mm-hmm. I, the he thing, did. The thing he should be ashamed of, Rubio, from his campaign run, is not making fun of Donald Trump's hands. Uh, what he, right. what he it was all the garbage, the garbage about Cruz. About Cruz, he really did go. But, but still, I, I don't okay. think he ever. He he never completely severed my uh, res- somewhat respect for him. I, yeah, you know, like, I he, still he, like him enough to where had he been the nominee. I could have voted for right him. Right now? I could vote for him like I could vote for my dad. I would be pretty passionate about this <laughs> I mean, election. Come on, yes. If, if it was Trump Rubio. If it was Trump Rubio or if, pretty, it, I mean, I mean, if it was... Clinton Rubio. Yeah, Clinton Rubio. Holy this. crap, yes. Because, I mean... We'd once, be fighting for him like crazy. It's quite natural to get to the point where when you have someone like a Hillary Clinton to 
to dismiss some of the things you think could be bad about your nominee. There are yeah. things I don't like about Rubio and his policies. However, some of those Completely I would window. probably put in the back on the back burner in you this bet. race. I, there's just too many with Trump to do that. Mm, yeah. it's, it's all of them. Right. Um, so was he on vacation when, it, when he posted this? He, because I'm all the way down. I see a good to see that he's all for Rubio when Rubio said I'm not speaking for Trump at the convention anymore. Well, he was all for him there. So you're not finding the, the negative. Mm-hmm. Maybe I got it wrong. I'll, uh, I'll, find, I'll see if I can find it as well. I mean, it might have been before that, though, because that might have been the, the, uh, that the, might have been the reason. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, all right. And then, it wouldn't surprise. Look, we've, like you were saying, uh, we've been all over the board, um, liking yeah, him, loving have. him, hating him, throwing him under the bus, liking him. Sorry, I was wrong. I mean, it's great. Well, the whole yeah. thing's been a roller coaster, right? Mm-hmm. And, uh, uh, here you know. go. Here we go. I'm going to say May May 30th. Oh yeah. Okay. That's, okay. Because this, this was June 8th. Okay. Glenn Bay. Uh, here it is. This is a story from <clears throat> uh, the Belize. Uh, the uh, the news source you may know of as the place that has the same name as this network. Um, at one time, Glenn offered glowing words. Those bastards stole our name. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. We're already the Blaze wow. guys, and okay. then all of a sudden you're writing these stories oh, under oh, some moniker called oh, the Blaze. Okay. <laughs> And by the way, uh, LeBron, we see your Blaze Pizza thing you're doing. Yeah, we know what you're doing. We see it, LeBron. Mm -hmm. Don't act like just because Mm -hmm. no one knows who you are, you can hide uh, and and, and create something named after us. We see you and your your rip-off pizza chain. Trying to capitalize on our popularity. (laughs) (laughs) Okay! Uh, okay. At anyway. one time, Glenn Beck offered uh, glowing words to Marco Rubio, but those feelings mm. seem to have vanished since the vanquished Republican presidential hopeful indicated he will support presumptive nominee Donald Trump. Rubio suggested he is uh, behind Trump because there are no other good options to block Hillary Clinton from winning. Uh, but for Beck, that's not reason enough to support the brash billionaire. Can you have any credibility when you said one thing on the campaign trail and the opposite after? Were you lying to us then or mm. now, Marco? In response to Rubio's decision, um, Beck praised Bobby Jindal for at least being honest in his unenthusiastic <laughs> choice to back Trump. I personally don't understand it, but I accept Bobby's endorsement of Trump because it was truthful and I cannot fault him. I don't agree, but at least he was not slimy. Mark, are you either lying now or when you were running? I don't know which, and I don't care. You have no credibility with me anymore. <laughs> now, Let's it could be that. just that Glenn's a little emotional. Yeah. It was on a little, I don't know, sugar high or something when he yeah. wrote that. Yeah. But that's pretty... I, has it, have you seen anything that, that you, you would put on that level of being that angry at Marco? Mm. I mean, I, I, mm-hmm. do you have the quotes of his support of Marco Rubio, Jeffy? Uh, well, I can go back to it, but he, his comment of the story of Marco saying he wasn't going to speak for Trump was good to see. So, um, <clears throat> Yeah, so maybe he mm. was... Because uh, there are these lines, and there's some that I can't take crossing, and maybe this was just uh, at the moment. Because here, here's, here's the whole thing. Rubio has found new respect, that's a quote, for a man he called con artist, liar, and danger of the republic. He now says he's going to speak on Trump's behalf at the convention and campaign trail. Um, uh, the only thing he didn't say was, I am also better than any of the other VPs at attending funerals. <laughs> uh, we each have our own mind to make up. Uh, blah, blah, blah. And he kind of goes into that same thing. But he says he has no credibility anymore, which I, 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 I don't know. I'm not that I'm not that soured. And it looks like afterwards, Glenn wasn't as soured either on him. Um, you know, we, we all look, we have a little bit of a up and down 
relationship with certain politicians and with virtually all politicians. <laughs> yeah, most of them don't, but mostly um, down. Yeah, mostly uh, down relationship with a uh, one billionaire Donald Trump, who may actually. I'm. A, I have my doubts as to whether or not he's even a big billionaire. story today on that. Is there? You know, the 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 Sheen thing with the fake cufflinks where he tried to pass them off as Harry Winston cufflinks that were diamond and platinum and would run you anywhere from one hundred to uh, $250,000 for these things. Gives them to him. There's cubic zirconium and, uh, and uh, um, pewter. And so they're worth maybe 30 bucks instead of $250,000. And did so, the same thing with his lawyer. Did the uh, Roy same thing Cohn, with his lawyer, who died and, of AIDS in 1986. And you know, Sheen asked the question at the end of that clip we played the other day. What does this really say about the man? You know that he said, "Here's this great wedding gift, and it's a bag of dog crap." Uh, and then this article goes on to say, "That's a good question, one that a lot of Republicans are probably asking after waking up Tuesday morning to find out that the man who promised us." The man who promised to spend a billion dollars of his own money. Do you remember this? Mm -hmm. He said last year, I'll spend a billion dollars of, of my own money if I have to, to beat Hillary Clinton. Raised only three million in May. And one million of that went to reimbursing his own properties, the Trump properties with campaign cash, including $423,000 on renting out Trump's private club, Mar-a-Lago. Unbelievable. I mean, I don't so, know this, how this is not criminal. I, I don't know I either. No it, it is the most unethical thing I've seen that's it's, openly done in a long time. And again, I am not a guy who cares about campaign finance laws. Yeah, I think me they're neither, stupid, but, and I think they should go away. But mm -hmm. while they exist, and when we're sending Dinesh D'Souza to prison, right, right, right because he because gave, he gave a, more than he should to somebody to he his liked. friend to his friend Jeez, for their campaign man, that's unreal we've got a, a president who is funneling 20% of his campaign funds to his own companies of 3 million that he raised last month and it's more worse the last month 1 million went to his own property yeah, so a third of the last month and 20% since the beginning not to mention he has not converted his loans into uh, actual donations and in addition right. to that and he's not going to the Mark Cuban Come thing, on. I think, is pretty interesting. The Cuban, do you have the Cuban tweet? Yeah, uh, because yeah. Q, Mark, like, there are a lot of things that Donald Trump understands that we do not understand uh, when it comes to being a billionaire. I am not a billionaire. I don't know what the hell I would even do with my money. I don't know where I would put it. I don't know how any of that crap operates. And obviously, uh, I'd like to find out. I'd like to find out, and I would do, do an experiment. All, I, I would do an experiment. Know, I'd be willing to. Outside of Jeffy, <laughs> nobody here on the staff has any experience being a billionaire. Um, so, Thank you. But Mark Cuban does. Now, Cuban has at, at times praised Trump yeah, and at has. other times uh, said bad things Lately, about him. Lately, though, he's been he's really off the He's in the last the few way. days. Um, but he said if, if Donald Trump were fractionally as rich as he says he is, he would write a $200 million, not a billion, but $200 million check to propel his campaign. Yeah. He doesn't have the cash. Now, I believe that Cuban 100%. knows that world, right? He knows yeah, that he world. Does. Uh, and if you have $10 billion, you can write a check for $200 million without a problem. He's, that, that, that's like you and me writing a check for $100. You know, it might hurt a little bit, but it, it's not going to break you up. And it's not, not going to be something that's, you know, life-changing. That would not change his life. And, no. and Cuban's right here. If you have $10 billion, 
There's a real problem if 200 million can't be liquid enough that you can give it to your campaign right now. And the truth is, he doesn't have that much. And he money. doesn't and have he's that. Not that he liquid. Doesn't well, have Reuters, that much money. Reuters has a big story today about Trump's <laughs> unlimited wealth may not be enough to fund his campaign. And that first paragraph is uh, says he has unlimited personal wealth to fund no. his White House run. No, he doesn't. But a Reuters review of his financial disclosures suggest he does not have enough cash to see his campaign through to election day. Well, keep, keep reading on that. That's interesting. Why, why, why do they? What's their? What's the review say that they think he has? He dismissed. It goes. It goes on. Right, on check look it over, and we'll, over in the break. we'll come back we'll to come it because this is this is fascinating. Because I'm interested. Because really, two hundred million, obviously. But I mean, even if he did a hundred million. Even if he did 50, you know what? 50 million to get you through the summer. Let me give you another number. Uh, 43 million because she has 42 million. So write a check for 43 million or whatever it would take. I think think he had a million in the bank. So 42 million. Enough to get a little bit ahead of her and say, look, we're never going to have problems with money. Now we have more money than Hillary Clinton. Will you shut up? Like that, just that would do enough to get rid of all the stories and say, you know, to the people, hey, uh, you know, he actually cares. The other part about and he can. Um, the other the other part of it, what it would say is because uh, you could go bigger. You could say, here's two hundred million dollars, as Cuban says. And if you get closer, you can always not spend it and get the money back. They're all loans anyway, the way he's structuring it. Right. So you could always get money back if people actually believe in you. But the, right. Pat May is this is the month this guy won the nomination. How is he getting only three million dollars? I don't know. I, I mean, don't know. For all of you alt-right tweeters out there, you should get off Twitter and get into your freaking wallet. This right. guy needs your help, and all you're doing is, is tweeting memes of him gassing people who say bad things about him in a Nazi uniform. Maybe instead you should donate $20 to his freaking campaign. Maybe you should do that instead, because he obviously needs your help, and now he's begging for it. So right. Trump, according to this, Trump's liquid assets stood at $80 million to $230 million in July of last uh, year, according to you know an electoral filing. I don't even buy that. Using the according midpoint, to his filing, yeah, there's a, no way. Using the midpoint of the ranges, no his way. liquid assets have fallen $35 million in the past year. The drop shows the campaign spending... So far, has already been funded in part by dipping into savings rather than solely from his income. Yeah, I, I mean, so well, there's a real question of how much he has in terms of liquid assets. It's not much. I'll bet you it's not much. And the other thing too is, if I don't know if the presidency in the country is important to you, maybe you sell a building. Right. You know, maybe you right. sell a building or two. Just to, to, maybe you sell the one in Chicago. You yeah. get a billion dollars for it, and then you just dump that into the campaign. Do you care enough to do that? Do you care enough to leave the leave this race with nine billion dollars in the bank, Donald? Even if it is on assets, maybe you sell a couple of them. But do you care enough about what you're doing to leave office with your words, nine and a half billion dollars left? If you don't care that much. How much do you care? It seems like almost nothing. Yeah. It seems like almost zero, a big fat zilch. And that, of course, the truth is he doesn't have $10 billion, billion and that's why he can't do that. Uh, the great news, though, is that you don't need to be a billionaire to take advantage of this incredible offer from my Patriot Supply. Oh, nice These guys have, thank nice. you so much. Was, uh, I'm a pro. Uh, these guys will get you 72 hours worth of emergency food for not $100 million, not uh, uh, ten million, not a million. Ten dollars. Wow, that is pretty that's, freaking impressive. That's uh, impressive, and that's something we think, and we mm-hmm. Reuters can can report. Donald Trump can afford it. 
Yeah, they think. They, well, they don't. They're not the positive, yeah. but they, they, they think, think he can, can afford the $10. Yes. Now we're talking 72 hours. That gets you to eat in any emergency. The emergency could be anything. I mean, really. Uh, but uh, you're mm. going to need food no matter what it is. So call my Patriot Supply now, 888-411-6844, 888-411-6844, preparewiththeblaze.com. And we're still working on uh, whether we're going to get Jeffy to try to eat an entire 72-hour kit in one. Oh, show. yeah. Should we do that next week or wait till we come back from vacation uh, Jeffy? after the 4th? What do you think, Jeffy? You still interested? You ready I mean, to go I, for it next week? You, you are slimming down. You're, it seems like you've been dieting been, lately. lately. Been, yeah, so maybe been, you don't uh, want to ruin it, you know. But, I mean, we, maybe, or we could get Keith maybe in here to do it. Because Keith is a, Keith's a big eater, too. Yeah, I mean, I've he's seen, like a, a pencil. He's, a he's stick, very though. thin, but he's a, he's one of those guys that can put they can put it down. The, those type of guys are the usually the sprinters of the eaters, right? Because mm-hmm. you're yeah. again like Kobayashi, right? The guy that did the the Nathan's, right, right, real he's thin. a th- real thin guy. Yeah, uh, you, don't, you don't get this physique uh, by sprinting. No, that's right. You're uh, a marathon. This man. Uh, this uh, athletically <laughs> overweight human being right here is a marathon. Athletically runner. overweight, sure. Triple eight four eleven sixty eight forty four or online at preparewiththeblaze.com. When our water heater broke down last month, it was a nightmare. It took five hours for the plumber to show up, and he charged us a couple of hundred bucks just to come out. Then it cost another eighteen hundred dollars to put in the new water heater. By the time it was all said and done, I felt like I'd been taken. But what else could I do? The smartest thing you can do is get a home warranty from American Residential Warranty. Their home warranties pay to repair or replace all your major appliances when they break. And they will break. And at the worst possible time, call American Residential Warranty right now for free information on home warranties starting at just pennies a day. Don't wait for your refrigerator to stop running or your ceiling fans to stop turning. Call American Residential Warranty right now. Ask how you can save up to 50% on wash and dryer coverage. Just call 1-800-686-3910. That's 1-800-686-3910. Again, 1-800-686-3910. Call now. Triple eight seven two seven back. It's Pat Stu. You know. If Trump needs some extra cash, and I, I believe he does, I, I don't think he could write you a check for $5 million right now if he had to. I don't think he I could do he it. Could. Really? I really honestly don't Five think he could million? do it. I think he's the poorest billionaire of all time. I mean, he could write you a check. Hell, I can write you a check for $5 million. Yeah, it, it, it would just <laughs> bounce. <laughs> but, it would bounce. That's, that's, why, that's yeah. why he's funneling all that money back into his right. businesses so that those businesses are then creating more cash flow for him. I mean, it's just a just a big circle for him. Oh, it's a Ponzi you know, scheme. People keep saying you know, it's a Ponzi scheme, which is a legitimate exactly criticism, is. except for the fact uh, that it is actually much worse than a Ponzi scheme. Mm-hmm. Ponzi had to convince people that donating to him was going to get them returns. These people are donating money. They're giving it with yeah. no expectation of a return to him. Anybody can make a Ponzi scheme work when you're getting people <laughs> giving you money. <laughs> except point. Donald Trump. That's right. The world's worst business person, apparently. So I think the person <laughs> he needs to talk to is Bernie Sanders. Bernie Sanders is guaranteeing he wants to get everybody on a living wage, on a livable wage. Mm-hmm. Everybody should make at least a certain amount of money. And I think Trump needs that. I don't know that he's made a livable wage even. Mm-hmm. However, then we run into the problem of, of Bernie Sanders' legitimacy as well, because he has repeatedly called for the nation to adopt a minimum $15 an hour living wage. 
but he doesn't even pay his own staff. Of course not. That amount. Uh, How often have we had these stories? Every single Democrat of the last 10 to 15 years has done the same thing. They'll cry about equal pay for women and then pay the women on their staff 85 cents on the dollar. They'll cry about a livable wage that needs to be $15 an hour and then not pay them $15 an hour. Roll Call is reporting that Sanders recently laid off roughly half his campaign staff. Um, And surely there must be benefits to working for for the defender of the proletariat. Uh, Surely these interns that have been laid off, especially the ones slated to work in pricey Washington, D.C., can expect a living wage. No, he paid 12 bucks an hour and some on social media are rightfully taking umbrage with the hypocrisy. Yeah, it's about time. Yeah, pretty amazing. Uh, By the way, another uh, kind of amazing part of this, I don't think we discussed this on the air, but uh, Bernie Sanders, by refusing to officially drop out of the race, is still receiving Secret Service protection, which is costing us tens of thousands of dollars a day. Right. I thought I heard, I I thought it was something like $48,000 a day or something. Wow. For her protection of a guy who's obviously not winning. He's just staying in the race out of his ego or whatever is driving him at this point. But whatever it is, it should not be costing us $48,000 a day for his protection anymore. He should be able to go back to his normal... $38,000 $38,000 a day? $38,000 a day. That's a lot of money, man. It's a lot, a lot of money lot. for You're what? Lying. He's not even running a real campaign anymore. He's already lost. It's like, I mean, you know, uh, that's... And look at the hair. Can we get a close-up of the hair? Uh, holy cow. That, I mean, what is, what's the story there, Burn? Uh, Feel that burn. I mean, yes, can you at is, least uh, comb your old. freaking hair, man? He's old. But brush your hair! Well, it's windy. Or, or he's indoors, it looks like. Or, you know, shave off that, the wisps that are poking up like uh, Doc, what's his face on... on uh, <laughs> Back of... What's his name? Doc Brown. Yeah, Doc, yeah, Doc Brown <laughs> on Back to the Future. That is, that's just sheer craziness. Uh, all right, 888-727-BACK. There's more patents, too. That's, you know, inevitable. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. Sorry it's going to happen. That. It's going to happen. We, should, we don't say this enough. We're sorry. Should we do the TMI first? Should we do that? And then get into the Brexit? Yeah. Well, yeah. Or the other way start, around. Let's do Brexit here. All right. like, let's do Oliver and Brexit. Because, I mean, obviously he's a crazy liberal and going to be very against uh, And, uh, you know, here's exit. something he can speak on because, I don't know, he's British. Yeah. Very, <laughs> Maybe so. you should shut up about American issues and talk <laughs> about your own country. Douche. Um, he does, he claim, does here. He claims, though, does he not to love America? I, I, I think he has said that a few times, I'm which sure, I, sure you know, I appreciate that. When if you're if you're going to bash it, at least say you love it. Um, but uh, here here he is on Brexit uh, part one uh, that he doesn't the like EU the EU much. Is not perfect. It's large, perfect. confounding, and relentlessly bureaucratic. Think of it like Gerard Depardieu. It's an unwieldy <laughs> European body that's a source of great bewilderment. <laughs> 
Britain leaving it would be a huge destabilizing decision. So you would expect the Brexit camp to have some pretty solid arguments. Unfortunately, many of them are b- One of the most popular involves the financial contributions that Britain makes to the EU. We've got a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to take back control in this country of huge sums of money that we send every year to Brussels, about £350 million a week. We do not control That is former London Mayor Boris Johnson, a man with both the look and the economic insight of Bam Bam from the Flintstones. <laughs> he, he has even been driven around in a giant red bus for the last month with the words, we send the EU £350 million a week written on the side. But that number has been thoroughly debunked. It's actually about £190 million a week when you consider a rebate a the UK yeah. receives and other for, money that the them? EU sends back. Yeah. On top of which, if Britain does leave the EU, it may have to spend close to that amount just to access the common market. What? I mean, that is a... You, you said their arguments suck? Right. Their argument yeah, is it's is. not $350 million, it's just $190 million. And, and the reason why is because they send, with their decision, some of it back? That's a terrible argument. Terrible. Uh, wow. Okay, think of this. $200 million uh, pounds a week, essentially, is a, $250 million a week. So every month they send the EU... A billion dollars? <laughs> On top of which, the EU then rams regulations down their right? throat, right. which then ends up costing them more money. You're mm-hmm. talking about $12 billion a year to the EU? And that's okay? And that's not, you know, that's not the United States doing that. I mean, that's, yeah. uh, that's Great, Britain, Great Britain, whose economy is considerably smaller. Yeah. That's a much larger... And so say, are most, I, I don't know, uh, wow. there's 28 countries in the EU. I'm guessing that... Great Britain is probably one of the bigger ones, uh, economy-wise. Sure. Yeah. Well, so, yeah. I mean, they're fun. Oh, yeah. They in Germany are, yeah. you know, the, the players. By the way, Daniel Hannon posted uh, or did a video of why he wants the exit. Uh, you want to see some good arguments? We, I mean, we don't. I don't think we're going to have it today, but we, you know, oh. go search it out online. Yeah. Maybe we'll tweet it or something. Because I mean, you want, Daniel Hannon is a guy. You want to have someone make an articulate argument for something? You go to uh, to, to him, um, and apparently, uh, mm. that you know, I doubt he's his. Uh, arguments are going to be picked apart in here, but maybe they will. Uh, uh, John Oliver goes on for part two of Brexit talk. You may be wondering, if leaving is so universally seen as a bad idea, then who the f*** is in favour of it? Well, let me introduce you to one of the leading groups backing a Brexit, the UK Independence Party, also called UKIP. Uh, Their leader is Nigel Farage, that man you saw earlier at the Comedy Central roast of European Council President Herman Van Rompuy. UKIP is known for its hardline anti-immigration views, and some of its members have engaged in outright racism. Just look at Robert Blake, a UKIP candidate for Parliament who was suspended after a tabloid paper caught him saying this about arrival of Sri Lankan descent. Your family's only been here since the 70s. You're not British enough to be in our Whoa there. Just hold up. Not British enough to be in our Parliament. He's talking about a British citizen who was born in London and raised in Hampshire. How is that not British enough? Must he literally be a monocled badger named Reginald who lives in a shepherd's pie? Is that the bar of entry to him? Yes, yes it is. Yeah, I mean, that's really asinine. That's asinine. That's the best you got is a member. No, no, not a member. No, no, no. A candidate. A candidate. Uh, well, the, he's a member of the UKIP. 
right? He's oh, this, right. Oh, this guy, a member of parliament. Yeah, he was, was a, a member of the UKIP party that want that is one of the leading groups that wants to exit. Right. And I don't think so one of their members him. said something about a British citizen that he maybe hasn't been there long enough. I mean, that's pretty tame stuff. Yeah. Even if I mean, this is from a country that everyone screams at each other through every parliament right. center. A, a session. Yeah. You're telling me, oh, oh, I don't think uh, he's a British enough. There's no decree. And he's whispering it. You know, I, I hate to say this because it's really unpolite, uh, but uh, uh, impolite. But he may not be British enough. <laughs> Big deal. Really? That's your case? Well, no. He's got more. Uh, and I'm sure this one will sway us. Here's John Oliver. So, to recap, immigration policy may not change. Hysteria over regulation is a red herring. The costs of membership are reasonable, and the economic benefits of staying appear to outweigh the costs. Why is and it a red yet, herring? Polls suggest he doesn't like it. my homeland yeah. is on the edge of doing something absolutely insane. And on some level, I actually kind of understand because there is an innate British desire to tell Europe to go f itself. <laughs> I feel it too. But here is how I feel about the EU. It's a complicated, bureaucratic, ambitious, overbearing, inspirational, and consistently irritating institution, and Britain would be absolutely crazy to leave it. Especially because, if it stays, it can reap all the benefits while still being a total f- about everything, and that is the, the British the, way. <laughs> so. To the people of the UK, I say this. If you need your hatred of the EU, it's scratched. I understand, (laughs) but please, don't vote for a Brexit on Thursday. He's got nothing there. No, I mean, really nope. nothing. That's really bad. I, I don't know if he remembers. There was uh, several centuries where Great Britain was able to somehow miraculously exist without the EU. Yeah, the EU uh, happened in, what, 88? 90? Well, yeah, I, mean, oh, I think it was before that. No, nah, I was going to guess yeah, early 90s. It's maybe late 80s. Gotta be yeah. Late 80s, early 90s. Britain did fine on its own. In fact, it's still more on its own than most of the countries. They still have the British pound. In addition to the euro. 1993. And, uh, yeah, 93. I was going to say, early 90s. So, I mean, it's not like Britain has existed only because of the European Union. And, and think about the, the the history between 1993 and the present of, of Europe. Yeah. I mean, are you looking at that as a, as a that worked? The whole Greece, the, I mean, every other day, another country is about to go out, go completely bankrupt and tear the entire continent down. Yeah. Now, it's slightly been able to avoid that in most cases greece i mean is a complete disaster to this day um uh, you know but there's been other examples they went through a giant uh uh i mean this is the problem with with something like the european union think about what they're saying to us about it well i hope they don't brexit because it's going to screw our economy if you have an institution in which one country removing itself from the institution that we are not involved in at all it's going to tear down our economy it's a freaking bad idea to start the institution in the first place. Mm-hmm. Obviously, at some point, one of these votes is going to go through. And if that's going to really destabilize the world so much, maybe you shouldn't start have started the thing in the first place. Maybe when a country like Greece tanks itself because of, by the way, government corruption, maybe that should screw Greece and not us. Maybe having this all tied together isn't such a wonderful idea in the first place. Um, and, you know, uh, the Brexit is, I would say, as you were pointing out uh, this morning, Pat, I think for most people, including 
everyone in the audience of John Oliver makes their eyes glaze over. Yeah, they don't it, know anything about it. Right. It's they don't not, know anything about but it. But I mean, I, you know how you would feel. If you had a, if, if the United States joined the North American Union oh, I'd and, and you were getting regulations from Mexico City about yeah. how, what the things you're supposed to do inside yeah. your country and you were shoveling billions of dollars to them for the the honor of getting these regulations and other controls over your sovereign nation, you know you'd vote get the hell out of this thing. Mm-hmm. And it's what I would do if I were in Britain, too. Even if it is a short-term destabilizing factor, which it could be because once you build a structure up, what's going to happen? It's their argument every time when they're like, well, we can't get rid of uh, this crappy government program. It would destabilize things. Well, don't start the damn program in the first place, then. Mm-hmm. If the If the... If the price for ending it later on when it doesn't work is it's going to be so bad you can never end it, don't start it in the first place. Obamacare, perfect example. Perfect example. The further and further it gets down the road, oh, we all depend on it. That's what their argument is. Sure, Mm -hmm. it doesn't work very well, but millions of people depend on it. Yeah. That's their argument now. No longer will it be good. It's just it would be worse if we ended it. Medicare, Medicaid, Social Security, all of it. it It's going to take two years for them to exit. If they vote to leave... Two years. According to this, the minimum is two years. So, I mean, you wow. can't figure out a way to ramp down. I mean, you're talking a couple of bad days in the market, maybe, if this were to happen. And mm-hmm. I'm sorry, my sovereignty as a British citizen is worth it. Oh, yeah, I'm voting exit. If I'm, if I'm British, yeah. I'm voting exit. More Pat and Stu coming up. Sigh. <laughs> <laughs> no, Pat, you're supposed to just sigh. Oh, oh okay. Sigh. No, no. It's like, no. <sighs> Oh, okay. Sigh. Okay, you nailed it. Okay. Triple eight seven twenty seven back is the phone number. Uh, there's been a lot of uh, I mean, we've done a lot of pretty innovative things here at the Blaze. Not to toot our own horn here, but mm-hmm. I mean we've done that mm-hmm. over the years. Um, one of the first real efforts at a online streaming network. Now everybody does it, you know. But, but mm-hmm. we were there, I think, pretty much first. I mean, you know, you could argue, I guess, uh, that point a little bit. But generally speaking, from a major personality, it was never before done. Uh, and you know, Glenn started this thing. It's been we've had a lot of really cool programming that has uh, aired. Um, you know, obviously, there's this show. Mm-hmm. And then there's you know, Wonderful World of Sue. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. But then some other good shows. So, uh, but not everything works. You know. I mean, I mm. again, I give you this show, Wonderful World of Sue. Mm-hmm. But not everything works. So, some of us are innovators. That's true, and here's one example of that. Yeah, it's at 8 p.m. on the blaze. You watch Tommy. But when it gets late, the lights go out. <laughs> and Tommy becomes TMI with Jeffy. <laughs> this is TMI. Tonight, we begin with a major update on the digestion of that bratwurst I had last Sunday. Whew. TMI. Way too much information. I always listen to Clay Aiken music when I clip my toenails in the kitchen. That was just what I do. I thought everybody did. Okay, whatever. (laughs) TMI with Jeffy asks all the tough questions. I mean, seriously, how many pairs of underwear do you need? Ask yourself, do you need the two 
or do you want the two? Your source for all the information that you couldn't possibly need. Tonight, we go in-depth and look at the lost art of Lansing Aboyo. He is the voice for real change in America. Seriously, if they would just make nursing home bathrooms co-ed, it would make my job that much easier. Believe me. And he's not politically correct. Look, I can tell you when I'm having a flare-up of a few of the STDs when I start smelling Indian food and feet. I don't know why. Doctors don't know why. I can tell you, though, right now, starting to smell that whole Indian food thing going on, so something's about ready to flare up. It's TMI with Jeffy every night from Tommy's studio. TMI with Jeffy does not actually air on The Blaze. It technically does not air anywhere, and therefore is not a television show in the traditional sense. Jeffy simply films himself on his smartphone and emails the shows to various employees for their own personal use. No one knows why he does this or how to stop it. Each episode of TMI with Jeffy is technically both a parole violation and a violation of several restraining orders. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> uh, gully. <laughs> Poor Tommy. Brought to you by Febreza. It's a pretty good sponsor, Jeff. Yeah. Uh, Look, when you innovate, Stu, you innovate. People want to grab on. Really? Latch on and Maybe. come along for the ride. They don't. <clears throat> she didn't. I didn't realize they were a sponsor, though, so. <laughs> well, I mean, she, Tommy has to go through a lot of it. I mean, she come, poor Tommy comes into her studio every night and says, why does it smell it like down. this mm-hmm. in here? Uh, <laughs> very nice work, Jeffy. Um, I like the short sleeve look from Jeffy, too. Did you notice that? Yeah. Pretty, pretty yeah. sexy. Pretty, pretty sexy. Did I pretty, mention yeah. innovator? Mm-hmm. Mm, you did. You did. Uh, okay. <clears throat> Amusement park rides from the early 20th century uh, weren't exactly known for their safety, apparently. Uh, if this terrifying attraction from 1919 had ever been built, probably would have been the most dangerous ride ever constructed. Uh, Holy take a, crap. Let's take a peek at the... Thank you. Holy crap. That looks like fun. Uh, wow. I love this idea. So you would be shot out of that massive cannon onto a water slide and then down the... Uh, uh, yes. Wow. <laughs> Yeah, you wouldn't uh, miss that ever. You know, you would never miss the water slide part, and I'm sure everything would be it's fine. It's a little wind, and uh, you, you're going to have a bad landing there. It's really fun. But I really do like this idea. Jeffy, you should try it. We should build it for Jeffy and get, make him the first person. I mean, as, as fun as it looks in the drawing, it would probably right. get hurt. Yeah, it does look fun. Well, I, mean, I don't know. I mean, uh, you know, I, there's only really one way to try it. It's never been tested. It so was, it put was, you in it. See what happens. Dreamed up by two New York investors uh, would never fly at Disney, of course. The idea, thrill-seekers would be strapped into pivoting chairs inside a capsule, look like a giant bullet. Then the capsule is shot out of an enormous cannon, an electric gun, as they called it, only to land in what's basically a hundred-foot-tall martini glass, and then you slide down an enormous uh, water slide to the ground, which was pretty cool. We could just do it. We could do other things with bullets in you. I mean, just see what happens, Jeffy. Yeah, shoot one at you and then see if you can outrun it. I mean, what I you know, because oh, Superman you're could. pretty fat. He's athletically yeah, he's overweight. He's, that's you know? what he says. I'm not a sprinter, though. Yeah, well, we'll shoot it slow. We'll that. shoot it slow. Mm. You know, we'll, mm. we'll, we'll have tried it. We'll just pull. We'll, we'll, I think if you pull the trigger really softly, it, it's going to go slow. Mm-hmm. We'll try it. We'll see what happens. You know. Uh, give that a whirl. Uh, I, that's interesting. And also, uh, there was a plan in 1931 to turn the pyramids into an amusement park. Uh, mammoth flying swing to give bird's eye view of pyramid. This it reminds it reminds that. you 
Look at that. that how many Come of these articles get written and then are not never actually happen? Right. Yeah. But I go on that. That would be that would be fun. It does look fun. As uh, long as you have an elevator up there, because I'm not walking up that. So back to the Jeffy Bullet idea, real quick. Yeah. Let's just uh, let's explain it. Try. Do triple eight seven two seven Beck eight 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 seven two seven B E C K. I kind of like this trending hashtag. Uh, Dems never sat. They never. They never did a sit-in for this particular important issue. Uh, and it looks like it's Democrats that are tweeting these out because because yeah, yeah. mostly you know Republicans don't care about minimum wage. Uh, that's not a big issue for for uh, conservatives, but. Um, Somebody tweeted out, Dems never never sat to raise the minimum wage. Another says, Dems never sat for mandatory paid maternity leave. I mean, I don't think they should either, but mandatory paid maternity leave. Jeez, man. Never sat in opposition to the NSA collecting data on U.S. citizens and sharing with local law enforcement. That's a big one. Uh, never sat against the repeal of the Voting Rights Act. Uh, when did we, oh, the repeal of the Voting Rights Act, which was, everybody has the right to vote, which is in the Constitution. So, I don't know why we needed that, uh, double law, but, uh, they apparently wanted that to continue. Well, but not everyone was voting at the time of that Constitution, right? Um, it took a long time to get there, but we did eventually amend it, uh, and, and it had been going for quite some time. Right, before... You know, now, I know there was um, the uh, the repeal of the Voting Rights Act, I believe, is the thing that they're referring to where um, the because uh, the Voting Rights Act came in and it said mm-hmm. so- southern states were doing things like poll taxes and, you know, other other means to make black people not be able to vote. Um, which ended a long time which ago. ended a long time ago. But the Voting Rights Act was meant to address those issues, which ended a long time ago. So the Supreme Court recently said, OK, they, they don't have to be held to these other weird standards anymore. Right. Um, and uh, because there's not an issue of these things aren't an issue anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, the Democrats want to believe that everyone is a huge racist. So they have to they have to maintain that facade. If they agree that there's not an issue anymore on those things, then their entire argument goes away. Yeah. So that's what I think they're going with there. Which is a ridiculous yes. argument. It's silly. And by the way, uh, senior ed aide is uh, telling uh, CNN that the Democrats are ending their sit-in over gun control. So Real good effort there, guys. Yeah, Where they last a day? Oof, I mean, wow. they sat for a day. That's how much Jeffy, you've been sitting, I mean, every that's day. That's how much they care. Yeah, that's how much they care. That's Jeffy, how much they care. How long have you been sitting? I mean, you've been, when you leave here, you sit every day, all day. Look. This is your big standing. This is your <laughs> if exercise. I could, are you kidding me? They had food brought in, pillows brought in. I know. I'd never get up. I've, I'm good there for quite some time. I mean, all their wives and husbands surely can't stand them, so they certainly don't want to go home. Kick mm. the AC? I mean, I wouldn't know about that. I mean, how would you like but, Nancy Pelosi coming home to you? No, thank you. Oh, my God. Yeah, I would. You uh, know, don't. I wouldn't end that sit-in if I were you, Nance. <laughs> 
<laughs> it's important you, work you're doing. This is important. It's too important. Don't come home yet. <laughs> don't. Seriously, please don't. Uh, meanwhile, feminists are upset that physical standards for Marines are too tough for women. Mm. You know what they should do is is lower the standards. Yeah, keep them the same for men because the men are doing fine. And the Marine Corps has existed for a long time with the, with the men being able to pass. But you lower them for women. I, I mean, it's not fair, right? It is fair that they have equal pay for equal work. But it's not fair that they have to do equal things to get the job. That's not fair. Did you just say equal pay for equal work, but it's not fair that they do th- the same things? Yeah. You can't have them do the same things to qualify for that work. So they can get the equal pay? Can you? That's um, not fair. They're, they're women. They're women. So they're equal to men, except when you decide they're not equal to men? Yes, right, at certain times. Now, when the paycheck comes, why then? They're equal. But qualifying for the paycheck, they're not equal. So you got to lower the standards for the women so hmm. that they can then qualify for the equal paycheck. Hmm. Kathleen Wong writes about this at, uh, is it Mike.com? M-I-C.com. Charging that the physical requirements overwhelmingly weed out women. Well, yeah, because women can't do what the men can do. Which is kind of like the, you know, general argument that people have been making for a long time. Correct. Um, However, obviously, what you're saying is if they can, then they can. Yeah, and if, if they, they can't, can. then they can't. And if they can't, then they can't. Well, if it weeds out women, uh, then they uh, women shouldn't be doing it. Well, this kind of goes back to, and I, this is a more difficult argument. A lot of libertarians, I mean, I've heard Rand Paul make this argument before, and I, I don't agree with it, which is like um, a, a law that says you can't smoke crack unfairly targets African-Americans. How exactly does it unfairly target African-Americans? You have to make the decision to smoke crack. Are you mm-hmm. saying that African Americans are smoke more crack? Sm- are going to smoke crack? They're more. They're just crackheads. Um, now you might be able to find statistical evidence that 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 it affects people um, of a certain race more than it f- affects others. However, it's still their decision to do the crime. Yeah. Now there's a different case I think to be made when you say like a cocaine penalty. Uh, is different than a crack penalty, for example. Um, I, I think there's some argument to be made there that those should be more smoothed out, and, and that has happened uh, over recent uh, history. But, I mean, going to the idea that, like, well, I don't want to break a... It's like saying, like, uh, food-stealing uh, penalties unfairly hit Jeffy. Well, yeah, but he's making the decision to steal the food. Almost all food that's stolen in the United States is stolen by Jeffy, but he's still the one making the decision. Jeffy, did you want to... Uh Comment on any part of that? Obviously, I don't steal all of it. Well, no, you don't steal all the food. I'm saying all the stealing is you. It's like, you know, not all Muslims are terrorists, but all terrorists are Muslims. That whole uh, Mm -hmm. standard phrase, uh, which, by the way. I am not a Muslim. I didn't say you were. I'm just saying you don't steal all food, but all food that is stolen is stolen by you. I heard you the first time. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, How about. This is kind of interesting because. (laughs) <laughs> uh, they were supposed to level the playing field, but the Marines instead put in these standards. Um, and they said, okay, here's the playing field. We're, you, have to, you have to meet this standard, and if you meet this standard, you can become a Marine. Well, 3% of the men who try out for the Marines fail. 3%. Of the women who try out, 
86 (laughs) percent. Holy crap. Fail. Okay. well, who saw that coming other than everyone? Women can't do the physical things that men can do I am, you're, as a rule. I mean, I, don't, I know you don't uh, you're trying very difficult. You're trying very hard to uh, to finesse this, yeah. as you say. Mm-hmm. But what we're saying is men are superior to women. Uh, th- thank you. <laughs> no, I mean, look, we are different, right? It's yes. not the superiority, but it's there are certain not. freaking tasks in which men can do them better. I would mm-hmm. say the vast majority of overall tasks, men, or women do better, but men are better at physical things because we're big, dumb and strong. OK, that's what we do. That's yeah. our thing. We're good at that. Remember the caveman th- commercials like that? That was a documentary. OK, that's what guys are like. We can do those things well. Mm-hmm. You know, we might not be. I mean, look at. Did anyone come? And of course, we know the answer to this. But did anyone come to the men's defense when the man's session was happening? When we were losing millions of jobs and all, about 80 percent of them were men's jobs. The women's jobs in education and healthcare weren't going away. But the men's jobs in, in, in construction and other fields like that were disappearing really fast. In fact, four or five times as fast. As women's jobs. Which is why they call it a man session. Right. Did anyone freaking complain about that? I don't no. remember her writing that article. Don't, I think we're the only ones who even mentioned it. <laughs> the man session was, was brutal. <laughs> so, uh, but it's true. It's like it, it sometimes these things are going to happen. You can't balance them out <clears throat> by, by uh, determining outcomes. You can give equal opportunities. Mm-hmm. And I know there's, there's a lot of people in the military who don't even want to eat the equal opportunities for some of these roles. Um, but even if you do that, you're giving equal opportunities. And I, every woman I've ever met that advocates for females in the military and even in combat roles would say, look, I'm sorry. I want women in combat roles, but they need to be able to do the job. You can't send soldiers to the front lines who can't have basic physical requirements and say, well, I, let's give them a break. She's got boobs. That's not the way that this works. Well, if you do that. That more women are gonna are going to disproportionately die in combat, yeah, because mm-hmm. they need to be able to do the things that they're being tested for, so that they can survive the rigors of the military. I mean, I I, I don't these feminists like Kathleen Wong are just asking for more women to be killed, if you know, because they'll insist on the lo- standards being lowered for the women so they can get in. Then they'll insist on women also being allowed to be on the front lines, and then the women will be killed. And then they'll complain that the military is putting women in terrible positions yeah. and they're causing disproportionate death among women. I, I mean, uh, of course, this article will no just be forgotten situation. and will be on to the new argument, which is that the military is mean to women by putting them in these roles in the first place. Uh, there's just no credibility to these things anymore. None. Really. I mean, it's, it's, it really it's embarrassing. Yeah, I mean, it's just uh, we're meant to do different things. You know, that's why we have different capabilities. Uh, women do different things than men. We don't have to be the same because we're not the same. Wow. We're not. And that's a that's a really good thing as Jeffy, far as I'm concerned. Did you have something to uh, add to this? Go ahead. Uh, Jeff. I don't want to add to Pat's hate <laughs> of women. No. Well, subtract uh, from me. it then. Subtract the hate and and tell me where okay. you stand on that. Jeffy, Mr. I hate women. You're the, you are legitimately the biggest misogynist I've ever met in my entire life. Mm-hmm. Well, except for our, the current Republican nominee. But outside of that person, oh, I could beat him though. <laughs> I think he actually I could, could shoot him down. <laughs> I like how you just he just flails from side to side. He's anti-woman and he's pro whatever serves him at that moment. Again, just like the current Republican nominee. <laughs>
Yeah, how about that? Huh. It's uh, almost like we're electing Jeffy for president. Except, of course, Jeffy knows much more about the issues of the day than Donald Trump ever will. I promised you that. Yeah, that, was a, that was a mouthful, man. That was, and I know that was painful for you to say. That was dang painful for you to say. State Department is spending more than a million dollars of taxpayer uh, money on a cartoon that promotes living a healthy, drug-free lifestyle and women's empowerment. And there's nothing wrong with that. Why shouldn't they in Pakistan? Why, why shouldn't they spend a million dollars? On a cartoon in Pakistan? Yeah, on a cartoon for kids in Pakistan. Why shouldn't, why shouldn't they? they? Why? Tell me why. Give me one good reason why the well, U.S. State Department shouldn't spend a million dollars for a cartoon for empowerment for children in Pakistan. I asked John Oliver. He said the real total is only $1.23 million. <laughs> Uh, um, oh, so well, there you go. Uh, so that's that a good reason. And by the way, the whole thing that we shouldn't be spending money on cartoons in other countries is a red herring. <laughs> Ta-da! Ta-da! Uh, let me compare it to Gerard Depardieu, and then you've got an HBO show. Uh, but yeah, I guess uh, I mean the idea that we should be doing any of this is is ridiculous. Um, it's you know, unbelievable. Everyone, and it, it's one of those things that people are completely united on. I mean, Republicans and Democrats overwhelmingly support getting rid of federal uh, or foreign aid. Uh, and for projects like this, I mean, it's not even close. I mean, it, this is not even helping a hungry person in Pakistan, which yeah, I, right. you could at least make a moral right. argument for. You know, I don't think it should be done through the government, but I understand that a line of thinking. To say that we should be doing freaking cartoons in Pakistan. Here's the thing. If Pakistan wants to empower the kids of Pakistan, let Pakistan pay for it. I mean, what a concept, huh? What a concept. Let them spend the million dollars. It's just, it's absolutely insane. Triple eight seven two seven back eight 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 seven two seven B E C K. There is more uh, patents too. That is. Oh uh, gosh, no. Sigh. Groan. Ugh. No, that was definitely the right. Here at the uh, Patents Due Program, have uh, started a new uh, initiative in which we will be spending twelve trillion dollars on cartoons for Madagascar. Um, so that's uh, just to let you know, that's where we're going. But it's for Madagascarians who are in their early to mid eighties. <laughs> yeah, which is a weird. It's a weird, but and, you and, know, and it's and important to us. It is claymation, by the way. It's not. Yes, you know, the new. It's not fancy. a cartoon. It's, no. Claymation. Claymation, which doesn't seem to be really utilized that often. <laughs> Not anymore. Recently. Yeah. Not as much as you'd think. Uh, um, while we're speaking of uh, foreign issues, we do have that Daniel Hannon video. So this is, uh, mm. you, you know, no, you noticed that I didn't see Daniel Hannon at least uh, mentioned in John Oliver's thing. Maybe he was. But Daniel Hannon is a pretty good way of arguing things. And he's got a case on Brexit uh, that you need to hear. Watch. Hello. My name's Daniel Hannon. I'm a Conservative member of the European Parliament. And I'm urging you to sack me by voting to leave the EU on the 23rd of June. <laughs> First, every continent is growing economically except Antarctica and Europe. 
The 28 EU countries have gone from 30% of world GDP in 1980 to 17% today. Britain wow. is a maritime nation, a trading nation. We could raise our eyes to more distant horizons and rediscover those global markets that are still prospering. Second, to get our democracy back. Instead of having laws imposed on us by people that nobody votes for, Mm -hmm. We should bring back the right to hire and fire our own lawmakers. Yeah. Third, because we have seen from the recent renegotiation that the EU cannot or will not change. Ask yourselves, if this is how we're treated before we, the second largest contributor, hold our referendum, if this is the disdain that they show towards us, imagine how we'd be treated the day after we had voted to stay. Fourth, well, the sheer cost of the thing. £18 billion a year, enough to build and equip a brand new NHS hospital every week. You know, even in the few seconds we've been speaking, we've handed over about 50 grand, so I'm going to stop speaking. And that £18 billion is probably $30 billion. That's amazing. Uh, so that's even more than the $12 billion we were giving him credit for, taking uh, John Oliver's number. But, you know, all of that is a red herring, I'm sure, to John Oliver. Uh, wow, that's, that's pretty amazing. I didn't realize that their GBT, the, the GDP has actually shrunken. It, it shrunk for the yeah, EU. From 30 to 17, he said. Yeah, holy crap, that's amazing. And it's kind of surprising to be the Great Britain, so they must be second behind Germany in the EU as, a, as far as a contributing member. Uh, why does Germany continue with this? Why? When they have to carry so much of the load, uh, if, I, if, I were, if I were a citizen of one of those countries, I, I'd be pissed off about it. Uh, all right. Ben Affleck made a bizarre appearance on the HBO Sports and Pop Culture show uh, called Even Any Given Wednesday with Bill Simmons. Now, isn't he the guy that just got fired from ESPN? And, yeah, it's a, oh, not super recent, but it's, yeah. uh, six months to a year ago, something like that, Simmons. Uh, he had an interesting uh, irate rant about the scandal involving Tom Brady. Here it is. Deflake is this the ultimate Boston sports story that ever could have happened, us against them? Deflake is the ultimate <laughs> outrage of sports <laughs> ever. Definitely so stupid no that i can't believe you realize they gave him a suspension yeah. definitely for a drunk. quarter of the regular season Listen which would be that. equivalent of suspending a baseball player for 40 days 40 yeah. and quarter days yeah exactly which is what they do for when you get busted taking steroids right which and by the way if the nfl had a real testing if really knew how to test for steroids and hgh in the NFL, be in there'd be no NFL. Right. So instead, what they what they did was suspend Tom Brady for four days for not giving them his <laughs> cell phone. That's and for having a friend who called himself the deflator. If I got in trouble for all the things that my friends called themselves, yeah. I would be finished. Okay. You want to give a guy because he doesn't give you a cell phone <laughs> a, a punishment? I, I would He's never so give the organization as leak prone as the NFL the cell phone, so you could just look through my emails. Wow, he's either drunk or stoned. He's yeah. he's on something. That sounds drunk to me, doesn't it, Jeffy? Ooh, yeah, it does sound slurring. Drunk. Does sound drunk, right? But could could he be stoned on I, something? Yeah, too? I would guess more drunk than anything. He'll probably say that it was some sort of uh, you know medication from the dentist. <laughs> 
But uh, that's unbelievable, though. I mean, he's blatantly bad. drunk, blatantly messed uh, up. Yeah, I mean that's and that's not like two beers in. No, that's, uh, I mean that's nope. you're, you're deep. I've been there. Okay, and, and you're going on somebody's <laughs> show. Yeah, and you know you're going on the show. Now, it's it's a not late- a surprise to you. I think it's a it's a laid back show, wow. but still, you can't still, be this drunk. Go uh, and there's more. Uh, there was more. I don't know. Maybe it's it's funny, lovely sex messages from his wife. Who's maybe that? it's just friendly messages sex from messages. his wife. Maybe it's maybe Tom Brady's so f- classy and yeah. such a f- yeah, gentleman that he talk. doesn't want people to know that he may have reflected on his real opinion oh, of some no. of his uh, coworkers. You right. know, like guys he plays with, guys he plays against. His real feelings. I wouldn't want guys who I didn't think were very good to know. I didn't think they were very good. <laughs> I wouldn't want guys who I who I thought were great to know. I thought they were great. I'd want my keep my opinions to myself. Surely his opinions about professional football are contained in his emails and his texts and his. Telephone. Not giving your telephone. To, they're not the FBI. You're not required to. This isn't federal Holy subpoena. You're not required wow. to turn over it's your bank records. It, it's, it's outrageous. This About is a now. conspiracy of people working inside the NFL who all come from organizations that Tom Brady whipped their ass <laughs> over the last 10 and 15 years. So there's guys who work for the Jets and the Broncos and everybody else who are now going like, Get him! Hang him! You know, because he, because they have some slight like pretense. Wow. And Tom is so classy. So you agree it's so a smear silly. campaign? It's a ridiculous smear campaign. This is a ridiculous smear campaign. This is so classy, so epic, so epic gentleman life. This stuff. And it's clear why Jennifer left me. <laughs> Holy wow. crap, man. He's I mean, hammered. Jennifer Garner... Thank heaven you got out of that relationship. I, I don't know. I don't know if it was him who got out or you, but you're you're better off, Pumpkin. By the way, the NFL asked wow. asked Tom Brady to print out the text messages. Print, mm-hmm. not, not get the phone. Print the text messages related to the investigation, and he wouldn't do that. It wasn't. It wasn't turn over mm-hmm. my phone so I can see all your naked pictures of your wife. It was print the text messages related to this. And he well, still didn't do it. Well, what if Tom Brady didn't want to? What if that happens, Sue? Put that in your pipe and smoke it. Why don't you? What if Tom Brady is so effing classy, he didn't even have a printing machine? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he's so classy, he didn't have a printing machine? Is that what he said? <laughs> what if he's such an effing gentleman? What if he's such a gentleman? He doesn't want to hook his... Printer up to his phone. What if that happened? I don't think he would necessarily <laughs> do it that way, but I don't know what class would have to do with that, Ben. But what if the man is so damn handsome and his and wife is so incredibly beautiful that he didn't have time to even find his phone because they were making love so much? Is this like your white knight way of hitting on Tom Brady, Ben? Because <laughs> uh, this is a little embarrassing. The whole That's thing, that is an embarrassing uh, couple of segments <laughs> there. I uh, mean, that there are some arguments that you know, obviously people make for uh, for 
you know, the, the whole Deflategate thing, Ben was not equipped to make it there. He was making arguments I've ever heard. He was it. making the, uh, the drunk we're argument. getting drunk in a bar yeah. in, yeah, that's okay. up in New England. Yeah. Uh, being we're having some peanuts and we're just talking being, about stuff. And being pissed that Brady you know, and the whole New England Patriots were, uh, mm-hmm. were investigated. That's I mean, all. you could take that video and just drop it onto drunk history and not change a thing. Yes. Oh, yeah. Like, it's just part oh, of it. Yeah. That is embarrassing. Yeah. But, really um, embarrassing. Still about as good as I've I, seen in an argument uh, on a. I'm getting, I'm getting the impression that Ben is maybe a Patriots fan. <laughs> did you? Yeah, now? I did get that from you. Wow, you. This is what I'm talking. Reading I'm intuitive, the lines. right? Let's talk about that. I mean, yeah. I, I almost see right through people. <laughs> That's how I do it. He is so transparent under my steely gaze. He can't fool me. I don't really understand per se that strain of fandom however like i am a huge as you know a ridiculously big eagles fan in size mm-hmm. and as far as how much as i am a fan but i mean like i co- constantly critical of them and i don't believe they're right mm. on a lot of things and i constantly say that they they didn't get burned with the by the refs when other people are mm-hmm. like you look at those things try to look at them objectively and say wait a minute mm-hmm. that doesn't make any sense i mean the way the the constant I will defend my team at any cost. No matter what. Nonsense. It's just, I don't know, it's weird. But that's what progressives do, and that's what he is. I mean, he is a massive progressive. And they'll, uh, my magic yeah. muffins are done. Yeah. Well, no, I, was just, I think it was like, you're right, they are. <laughs> my oh, computer agreed okay, with your, your analysis of progressives. Good. All right. Triple eight seven two seven back eight 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 seven two seven 727 beck there's more. Oh, we have breaking news, too. Oh, we do? Breaking news when we come back. On... Breaking news. All right. Breaking you're, news! You're going to want to hear this. What did it come back to get your ass back here? going to want to hear this. Well, it's going to be good. <laughs> Hello. Triple eight seven two seven bet Pat and Stu. Uh, Jeffy, you had some. Uh, I, I did. Ha- I thought I had breaking news. Breaking news, but, news, but uh, no, I believe that the story is uh, Are you not kidding correct. Me? Are you kidding me? I'm not kidding you because I was excited. The st- yeah. I was excited for you. The headline was uh, Led Zeppelin wins Stairway to Heaven jury trial, but not true. Oh wow! And, but it's but not the, true because they're in the, they're the jury. They went to the jury yesterday. Did they really? Yeah. Um, but mm. then, uh, according to mm. everything else I can find, it's still in front of the jury. Okay. They have not made a decision, so I don't know why the Hollywood Reporter would report that it uh, that they won because I can't find anything else saying that they won. Though the Hollywood Reporter is not like uh, some random Twitter person. I mean, if that's, they're actually reporting that on their site, it's uh, probably true. I know, right. but all the yeah. other all the other stories uh, that are about the same time, you know, three or four hours <laughs> ago, a couple hours. Uh, are not saying are saying that it's still in front of the jury. Hmm. Well, so. they might just be behind the Hollywood Reporter because I mean, there's not a not, probably not a lot of news outlets that are actually there covering the trial. Oh, wow, are you kidding? Staying on top of Zeppelin? every detail of this. <laughs> I mean, it's a it's a story that is 46 years old now, essentially. Yeah. Right? I mean, uh, uh, the Spirit song came out. 48 years ago, and Stairway to Heaven came out 46 years ago. So, um, you know, it's an old story. I mean, it's a new lawsuit, but it's, it's an old lawsuit, story. So I don't, story. I don't know that ABC and NBC and Fox are there. Um, yeah, that's kind of amazing. Um, uh, by the way, we have a, an update on a couple of uh, 
This one's unbelievable. <clears throat> so a guy, David uh, Farentold, he is a reporter for the Washington Post, mm. uh, decided to go and personally call every organization Donald Trump has apparently referred that he may have given money to charitably. Really? Um, now, wow, that's a big job. That's a big job. He it's, says he gives all the time. It was uh, uh, 128 charities so far he's spoken to. Before I give you the results, let me point out that this is the sort of thing that did not occur during the primary. Right, that's true. Right? Nobody was calling. Right. There were no reporters mm-hmm. lining up to call during the primary to prove that Donald Trump actually gives no money to charity. Very true. Um, and so while... And that makes it kind of irritating. It's a kind of irritating, um, A. B, probably a decent amount of funds should have been spent by campaigns like Cruz's and Rubio's on doing things like this. Mm-hmm. Uh, and C, because the media certainly should have done it, but when they didn't do it, probably the campaign should have started saying, we're going to need to do this ourselves. Uh, and beyond that, though, however, the results are entirely what you would expect. Oh, he gave almost all his wealth to these 128 charities? Almost that's, all of it. That's that, what, that's he why he has can't. talked about his generosity <laughs> and how giving he is. The and, most giving. And he's the most giving, and he's he's got the best words, and he's got the biggest heart, and he's the most religious, and he's the most generous. And so for Mr. Trump, I would think... out of his $10 billion has gone directly to these 128 charities. Yeah. Am I right? You might be a tad disappointed. Oh, no. Um, Here are the personal donations to charity by Donald Trump between January 1st, 2009 and May 23rd, 2016. Okay. In 2009, um, he gave a donation to the Police Athletic League of New York between $5,000 and $9,999. We don't know the exact amount, but it was between those two numbers. Now, the Police Athletic League did mention apparently during in the phone call that it might have been a bookkeeping error they weren't sure if the donation actually happened but they did have it on the book so we'll give them credit for that though they themselves said it could be a bookkeeping error um (coughs) and yeah yeah the segment's done (laughs) (laughs) what do you mean well no i want to hear the rest of the charitable gosh i was Oh no! I, that was it. He just this is the one donation from five thousand dollars to that might be a bookkeeping error. One hundred and twenty-eight charities. Okay, yeah, that might be it. But what about the hundred other one hundred and twenty-seven? Yeah. Not, now you're going to fill uh, us in on those. Go ahead. Uh, not, Go not ahead. A, not a dime. Not not a dime. He gave nothing to any of them. Nothing to. Any he of just them. flat out lied about giving money to 128 <laughs> charities. Now I don't know if he specifically said I gave to him or I'm going to give or a lot of the stuff was wow. he said stuff like, "Look, I'm, uh, I'm I've got this event going on and, and we're going to get all the I, I, I I've got a book coming out, I've got a show coming out. We're going to give all the proceeds to charity. Uh, we're going to give it to Police Athletic League or whatever, whatever charity it was, and then it never gets there." Um, and of course, you know, he, he, the giving to his actual foundation has been well documented that there's almost none from him. It all mm-hmm. comes from like he worked mm-hmm. for the WWE. The WWE donated money to his charity. Now, that still counts. So he did work for it and they donated money. I'm not going to say that's nothing. Um, but personal giving is um, not as strong suit, maybe visible. And again, he <laughs> won't release his tax returns largely, probably for that reason. Well, I'll I was going to say not, uh, largely is not the right word. Probably partially because of that. It's also probably because he doesn't have nearly as, as doesn't much have any as income. And again, at the time he released his "I have ten point five billion dollars," no one he didn't probably believe he was going to get this far. 
So probably he's never going to get checked. Yeah. He's not going to have to deal with releasing the tax mm-hmm. returns. Now he is this far. Everyone mm-hmm. knows he's lying. What do you do? I mean, he's, he's walked himself into quite a corner. Jeez, um, man, that's I mean, unbelievable. That's, that's amazing. And again, I think it is, it's, not a, it's important to not gloss over the idea that this did not happen during the primary. It's the exact sort of stuff we said was going to happen when this guy got the nomination. They're mm-hmm. going to start doing this stuff. They're going to start looking for this stuff. They're mm-hmm. going to find lots of things that you don't know about Trump yet. Uh, this is, I mean, they're going to try to do it with everyone. That's why you need to have somebody who's actually clean. And they'll I mean, say. Someone like Rubio, someone like Cruz, someone like Walker. There are some good choices there. We just didn't select Fiorina, but we didn't select any of them. His supporters will say, well, so what? How much did your guy give? And that's that's all we'll hear. It won't matter that he lied about everything. It won't matter that he's a phony and a fraud and a fake on absolutely every issue. Yeah, but oh, Trump. Right. No, that's, that's all. That's pretty good. That's Actually, all there Jesse is. makes a good point there. Yeah, he does. Uh, wow. Yeah, he does. You can't argue. Yeah, with but, but Trump. Trump. And that's you know, that's that's what they've got. And it's it's their Trump card. <laughs> it's a Trump card. Get it? See, because yeah, it Trump's Trump. everything. And, and it's yeah, but Trump. Do you get it? And his name is Donald Trump. So there's a lot of Trump got, got things that. going on. There's a lot of Trumping happening here. Now, about the uh, who was the sports guy? Who was babbling about machine guns or whatever yesterday? Oh, yeah. Uh, this is uh, Jason LaConfora, who is a NFL reporter. Um, he is, let's see if I can find the exact tweet. Um, so he is a guy who, you know, one of those like, uh, what's the guy on ESPN? Uh, Adam Schefter. He's that type of guy. Um, and G- he is a um, insider uh, for the NFL. Uh, mm-hmm. for CBS, he works for. Um, and so he was apparently tweeting random nonsense about guns and how evil they were. Um, and uh, someone from the Federalist called him out and said, because he, I guess, called it machine guns. So everyone's, uh, we can't have people buy machine guns. So someone pointed out and said, they're not machine guns, they're semi automatic rifles. Um, he said, Jason Luckham, this is how stupid these people are. I'm calling semi automatic machine guns machine guns. You don't get to pick my terms. Your NRA buzzwords don't apply to me. <laughs> Wait, what? So he's calling semi-automatic guns machine guns, which mm-hmm. they're not. Right. Because words mean things. Mm-hmm. As uh, you know, people pointed out, uh, I'm going to start calling quarterbacks uh, linebackers. Your insider NFL terms don't apply to me. <laughs> like, they're different freaking things, you <laughs> moron. I mean, seriously, if someone came up to... That's if, just really If you went up to Jason LaConfora in a bar and you're talking sports and said, look, I was watching uh, my favorite quarterback take a snap from behind center about three or four yards with a running back ha- uh, standing behind him, he was in the shotgun. The shotgun. A gun. He would know to say, no, that's actually the pistol. Well, you're, the pr- formation you're talking about is the pistol, not the shotgun. But when it comes to actual guns, he thinks anything, he can just call things machine guns, and it applies because he's decided they are. Well, they're not. That's not what a machine gun is. Uh, it's not what an automatic weapon is. A semi-automatic weapon is different. The distinction is important. And if you want to be smart about firearms and, and have a voice in this conversation, you should know the very basics of the argument. None if of you want to get though. on sports radio and talk about football, you should have seen a football game before. Yeah. You should know that football and soccer are different things. This is not high-level analysis here. Uh, that is needed to get to the point where you can comment, but you got to know the difference. 
And mm. even people like Michael Bloomberg don't know it. No. And he's... He's I, running the giant anti-gun organizations, and he doesn't uh, know the difference. There's not a bigger anti-gun nut than Michael Bloomberg. Mm-hmm. He, he is trying to affect legislation all over the country on guns and doesn't know what the hell they are. Doesn't know. He doesn't know the difference between an automatic and a semi-automatic. 888-727-BECK, 888-727-BECK. By the way, uh, both uh, Stu and I finished yesterday the... Uh, uh, the O.J. Simpson, Simpson. documentary. Oh, yeah. O.J. Made in America. God, my golly, those last two segments were incredible. Yeah, those last two uh, episodes are really, really good. I mean, you will watch the whole thing with your with your jaw down on your chest. I can't wait to watch times. it. I'm excited to watch it because of some of the dropping. footage you were talking about. I'm I mean, excited. so good. So they've got, they, they start, the last one starts with him getting the acquittal. Uh, and they have footage from inside mm. O.J.'s home Right as he walks in the door. I, I didn't even know that existed. Post, I'd no, never heard trial, of it before. Right? Post-trial. Yeah, him celebrating, trial. him uh, yelling at the TV because they're saying things he doesn't like. Uh, <laughs> angry. The same anger you'd imagine from he him. He was a much better actor in that scene than he was in any of his movies, I'll tell you that. Oh, <laughs> I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> Oh, wow. Yeah. He and, acted so indignant. Yeah, and it's, this one was interesting because I didn't realize, I kind of thought it was going to end with the verdict. So did I. And instead, it took us all the way to his, his arrest, where he's now in prison, the whole memorabilia yeah. scandal that happened years later, right. um, and brought out some interesting points about that that I didn't know, including um, that because when, when he was about to go uh, get all this stuff taken after he lost the civil trial, which, by the way, was really fascinating as well. I don't remember much about the civil trial. I don't either. We were also sick of the OJ thing by that point. Yeah. Yeah. I don't remember following it. But as Marsha Clark said, they basically presented the exact same case, except they were able to call OJ to the stand where he made a complete idiot of himself. And the burden, burden it, of proof is much less. Right. And, it, but it, and so. it also was not on TV, which they really wanted it to be, because right. you know they would have shown him on the stand having to answer to these things, in which... Like, for example, the Bruno Magli shoes, the famous shoes from the trial. He said he didn't own them. He said they were ugly-ass shoes. He'd never wear them. Then they had multiple pictures with him wearing them. They had him talking about the Bruno Mollies in in the deposition. Yeah. They had they had uh, footage of that where they're saying, uh, here's your your shoe prints. And, and those are – and I forgot that 280 people in America own these shoes. 280 people in America – own these shoes. So what are the odds right. that these aren't his? So he said, oh, I'd, n- I'd never own a pair of those Bruno Megley ugly-ass shoes. He actually said the name of the, of the company wrong. Like, he Molly. didn't know what it was, because right. it is Bruno Molly. And, and I don't know who they are, by the way. And then, and then the OJ trial. they show him on a football field, walking, in, he's in a suit, he's doing his sideline reporting or whatever, and he's wearing Bruno Molly. He's wearing the shoes that he said he'd never buy because they're they ugly ass shoes. I just put, put I'm sure a that's what he says. On. But he don't have sure to know. He, if, if he was calling them ugly. Yeah. So then he, he'd never he, have them. He knew he had them. And um, they have a really unique soul, and that's why the imprint was so obvious because only those shoes leave that kind of mark. That's amazing. That's I wonder what he actually did with the shoes and what, know, what he did with the weapon man. and everything. It's but his agent, again, this is his long time agent. And a reporter, uh, and somebody who wrote that the "If I Did It" book, which is still one of the strangest things in American history. The "If I Did It" book. really is. But he was so but, desperate for money, he had to do something there. I guess, but I mean, it didn't. It seemed like he was still. Anyway, the point of this is, uh, all three of them basically said uh, he confessed. 
to them. Yeah. Um, now, they didn't yeah. say it. No one ever said, yeah, I did it. I shouldn't have done it. It was not that clear. Like one of the guys who wrote the book with him said, you know, we were kind of walking through the scenario and I was saying, like, you know, let's go through, you know, what, what would have happened. And he's like, you know, so let me, so I, I assume you went out of this one road, took a right, stopped at that light, and that's where you were seen. And he's like, oh, no, no, I didn't take a right there. I took a left there, and I went around this way, and I went down this street. <laughs> and he starts describing what he actually did, of course. And, and then he says, then he sees the look on my face. Yeah. And he says, oh, well, if I did it, that's what I would have done. <laughs> now, to his agent, his agent came up to him in the backyard on Rockingham when he was still there. And... OJ was just lounging around having a beer, and his agent, Mike Gilbert, came to you know visit and hang out with him. And they got to talking about uh, the case somehow. I, I forget how. Because how they were the reminiscing. Yeah, they were reminiscing. And he said, what happened that day? And, and he said, what do you think and happened? Oh, and his agent said, I've always thought you did it. I've always assumed you did it. But you, you just went over there and... Uh, and you didn't necessarily mean to kill her. You didn't mean to kill her, but, you know, but it, one thing hand. led to another. And he said... He told his agent, had she not come to the door holding a knife, she'd still be alive. That's, that hmm. is, that is as direct right a now. confession as it gets, I think. Except for the fact that it's not him saying it. I guess we weren't there for the conversation. You could theoretically you say, could say he, the, the agent Mike lied. Gilbert made that up. Um, and, of course, yeah. they did have, um, I mean, they were, he <clears> was, this is a guy who was the agent of O.J. Simpson from long before there was problems. Um, so, you know, th there's that. The other part of it is uh, they did have, there was some disagreement because um, obviously OJ stopped paying this guy. So when they were about to take all of his stuff for the civil trial, uh, breaking the law, uh, his whole family, um, he went golfing and his whole family went in and took all of his stuff out of, of his house, all of his memorabilia. His, and his agent took like his Heisman, for example. Um, and they took all of it out of the house because they wanted to uh, protect it from people who were coming over and taking his stuff, uh, which is blatantly illegal. I mean, mm -hmm. you can't do that. Um, but they did it anyway. Um, and O.J. kind of transferred that into the idea that it was all stolen. Um, so he blamed his agent for stealing his stuff when in reality he was taking payment for oh, services rendered and that he never was paid for. Anyway, neither one of them seemed like good guys at that moment. Uh, but that is what the stuff that LJ was going to the the um, hotel room in Vegas to get back when he got arrested finally. And the, one of the OJ defense guys was like, look, this is, should have been a two-year prison sentence for what he did. And he got 33 years. 33 years, the exact amount of money he was owed, he owed the Goldmans uh, for the trial. 33 million. And mm -hmm. it, they delayed the verdict to be on the anniversary of the first verdict when he actually was acquitted. Wow. Uh, Interesting. Yeah, kind really of amazing. Really fascinating yeah, stuff. Amazing. Yeah. I mean, again, like I know some people don't care about the OJ thing. And I would say that from about 1995 to this year, I was kind of in that category. Me too. But going back and watching it and now seeing all the updates, all the new information, all the people who were involved at those times who have completely reversed themselves, mm -hmm. not to mention a giant societal change has happened that we talked about yesterday in that at the time, about 15 percent of black people believed he was guilty. And now it's almost 60 percent. People over time got over the emotion of the moment mm -hmm. and blaming uh, the cops for Rodney King and have realized that, OK, yeah, well, he was he was just totally guilty. Yeah. That's kind of amazing. It is really amazing. More Pat and Stu coming up, which is also amazing. Nobody knows how long. Plus, uh, show. Hollywood Reporter uh, looks like they uh, were correct. Let's so, uh, let's let's well, I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised. Let's reported in different uh, Led Zeppelin 1? Yeah.
Jeffy just threw this out at the end. Apparently, it is true that Led Zeppelin did win their lawsuit. That's what it's looking like. The reports are uh, coming out. Uh, you know, Hollywood <laughs> Reporter was uh, out in front of it. Thought so. so. It was good. So, yeah. yeah, they wouldn't just, you know, they're, they're and that's good. So legitimate. I mean, I was reading something the other day talking about the uh, similarities between the two songs and, and just that one little section, you know? It's one, one, one similar part in one tiny section yeah. of a, co- a song that came out was similar. 40 years ago or whatever. Come on. It was stupid. similar, but and, and like this article said, let's face it, Stairway to Heaven by Led Zeppelin is an iconic, all-time, classically great song. And the other one sucks, so <laughs> who cares? That's a good point. <laughs> it's Plant, true. Robert Plant testified in the case when he was up on the stand that he had no recollection of the 1968 instrumental t- tune Taurus. Uh, and he said uh, and that it did not inspire Led Zeppelin's 71 hit. I didn't remember it then. I don't remember it now. Mm, not a fan. Not a fan. Um, he's not even a fan of Led. He's not even a fan of uh, of their song. He's right. not a. Yeah, he's not a no. Stairway to Heaven fan. No, he doesn't like oh, the song. I can understand that. And yeah. in fact, I'm with him on that. Are um, you really? Yeah, it's a, you know, it's not one of my things. It's, that song it, is so popular yeah. and has been for so long, and it was never released as a single. It's it's a weird kind of phenomenon, but you know, it's it, it and it's another thing that it was contributed to the fact that they sold their souls to the devil. Um, <laughs> uh, by the way, can I uh, before we leave I have to get into that? Uh, this sometime. is uh, breaking. Yeah, we should we should uh, breaking here on the Trump uh, side. We should mention uh, you know answering the criticism of the donation situation. He uh, Trump has now converted his loans to donations, the $50 oh, wow. million. Dollars. So, all right, we'll okay. see you uh, Monday. Toodles. Bye-bye.